Welcome back to the Not Just Sunday podcast. Today we have a special guest in the studio, Daniel Hill. Daniel was just hired on to our student ministry team for the Pleasant Hill campus, and we're so excited to introduce him to you. But before we do that, let's roll the intro music. So as I said, in the studio with us is Daniel Hill. Hey, Daniel. What's up, man? And Sean Gaskin. What up, what up? Sean G. We're really just going to spend today talking about how Daniel, right here in the studio with us, was just hired on to our student ministry team, really the family ministry team mm-hmm. at Pleasant Hill. Um, so Daniel, just real quick, give us the breakdown. Who are you? Where'd you come from? Where'd you go? <laughs> Where'd you come from? And where did I go? Where did you go? <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm Daniel Hill. Uh, I've been going to Pleasant Hill for um, since about 2019, since they opened up. But yeah, I've been looking at doing like student ministry or just ministry in general for a long time. Um, I've been on mission trips. I lived in Asia for a long time. I've come from a, you know, my my dad, my grandpa was a pastor, so kind of like Micah. Um, but that wasn't you know the reason I wanted to get into ministry at all. It was actually you know I kind of ran away from it. But after I really felt a calling from the Lord. I uh, started to pursue that, pursued missions, and just through all that, felt the Lord was really calling me to ministry. And um, yeah, so cool. A little bit cool. Before we really start to break down your past and um, your future here at Southside, me and Sean, we wanted to ask you an icebreaker question. Uh, I think we both have one prepared. Um, Mine. I'm interested to hear your answer because I know I know you have some you probably have some good answers for this one. But if you could rewatch any movie for the first time, like have no idea what's going to happen at the end, um, which movie would you choose? That's tough because there's so many good movies out there, so many good trilogies. I know all yeah. of us are like Star Wars fans, and we say like I was thinking about that, like oh, would I watch Star Wars Episode Four or Five <laughs> or Episode One for the first time? But honestly, I think my favorite movie of all time would have to be Lord of the Rings. Lord I just Rings. I love that trilogy. I love the world that Tolkien created. And there's something about that first movie of just, you know, Frodo going into this massive adventure and just everything he encountered. Um, it would probably be, can I choose trilogy or just strict movie? Um, well, I mean, you could choose the trilogy, but cool, which cool. one from the trilogy would you choose specifically? Uh, I would probably go the first one because, you know, The Fellowship of the Ring is such a good movie. It's such a good story, um, especially for, like, adventure and fantasy world. But, you know, you you have this big character that that you think dies in the movie, and then he comes back in the other movie. But, you know, it's just like there's so much that happens in the movie, so many good battle scenes, so many good characters. It would have to be The Fellowship of the Ring. That's a good answer. Sean, do you have an answer, like, off the dome that you could give? You could rewatch any movie. I was totally unprepared for this. I can oh. I can give mine if you want to think about it for a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. go ahead. And I think it. mine would probably be um, Knives Out. Has any of either y'all seen, seen Knives Out? Never seen no. it. It's a. I'm familiar with it, but I just I've it's a murder it. mystery, and like basically the first hour of the movie, you're trying to figure out who the killer is. At the hour point, they tell you somebody is the killer, and so you think that person's the killer for the next half of the movie, and then. They reveal that that person was not actually the killer. It like literally like blows your mind throughout the whole movie, and by the end of it, you're like, "What the heck? 
<laughs> that person was the killer. Uh, it was just so good. I, I've, I've recently began to like murder mysteries. Yeah. Murder mysteries are great. It's, it's, it's fun to watch movies that make you really think, yeah. in my opinion. That one came out when I was working at the movie theater, and I remember it was, it was a really big one. But never that, that or Infinity War. Um, I'm a big Marvel fan. I, I think Infinity War blew my mind. All right, so who's the best superhero? Spider-Man, bro. Without a doubt. <laughs> You're going to say Batman, right? Batman. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what, Yeah, so I was going to say one of the Batman movies, like, for my movie I'd watch again, but I don't know. I feel like, I don't know. I don't know which one I would. Sean, <laughs> can I say this real quick? I think my favorite, one of my favorite um, memories with you and I was us going to see the Batman mm. for the first time together. Mm-hmm. And at the very beginning of the movie, the Riddler, you know, he attacks the mayor. <laughs> right. and, the, and he screams like, whoa. <laughs> and you and I just started like busting out laughing. I do the remember theater. that. I do remember that most awkward. Scene I won't forget life. when I watched the Batman with my grandpa, and I looked over and he was asleep during one part, <laughs> and during another part he was like, "Who are these characters?" And I'm like, "They were introduced at the beginning of the movie." Should have stayed when up. you were asleep. Should have stayed awake. That's hilarious. Watching movies with my grandpa is very fun. I bet that's funny. I'll leave it at that. Um, Sean, what's your question for Daniel Icebreaker? Just yeah. Uh, yeah, both of y'all can answer this. Um, if you could choose one celebrity um, to be with you on a deserted island and you had to survive for a month, who would you choose? Dang, that's interesting. All right, I want, can I go like Bear Grylls or something? Like right, that's that not a really good answer, yeah. An outdoor celebrity? Yeah, yeah. Give Which, me like, give me like The Rock or somebody like that. I don't know. I thought like that's kind of a basic the answer. Rock is but pampered though. Like he's used is true. to people making him food and stuff. He can work <laughs> out, but like that is true. He's gonna go there and be like, I can lift these rocks for you, dude, and uh, that's about it. Right? I'm The Rock, and I can I lift can, these rocks. I can lift rocks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'd I'd obviously want to choose someone kind of similar to Daniel, I guess. Someone who's like experienced, right, and well equipped to survive in circumstances that you're not used to. You could go with one of those like really famous. Um, like special ops people that have come out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I wouldn't last five the minutes Navy Seals in a zombie do, apocalypse, The though. Navy SEALs guys, the, the big ones that have come out. Yeah, Goggins and... Yeah, know. right, right, right. I feel like, I don't know, this may this may be wrong, but in a zombie apocalypse, I feel like I would just give up. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, at what point are you like, this isn't worth it? Come on, we've watched enough movies. The The biggest thing is you see these movies and the people are wearing like t-shirts and shorts and they're fighting zombies. It's like, y'all like, like put on a suit of armor or put right. something Absolutely. to where they can't, if they can't bite you, you're good. Like, yeah, right. Interesting. Anyway, those are two good questions. Kind of get things started. Um, Daniel, you were a firefighter. Slash EMT. I don't, are you still an EMT or are you? Yeah, I'm still an EMT. I'm, I'm going to keep that certification. Um, but as of today, I'm no longer a firefighter. Turned in my stuff. Chill. Wow. Tell us about that, though. Tell us what air. it's like being a firefighter and an EMT. Because I'm sure, I mean, you don't have to go into details yeah. about some of the things you see. Because I'm yeah, sure it's yeah. crazy. But tell us what that's like. What, what that job was like. Um. Well, I did both of them separate. Um. Now my EMT portion, uh, like, you know, all we would do is just, it was just strictly trans- transportation. It was like yeah. medical Uber. Like we would just take people to mm-hmm. Dallas's appointments or doctor's appointments or whatever. Um, but as far as firefighting goes, yeah, that's when you see some of the more crazier stuff or some of the monotonous stubbing the toe kind of calls. Um, but yeah, that's the thing about a fire. <laughs> is that fire. something that's actually happened? Someone oh, stubbed absolutely. their toe and absolutely. They- yeah. You get calls for, or someone's like, yeah, I've had some difficulty breathing or okay. When did the start? And they're like, like three years ago, and you're like, 
So you're calling me at three in the morning. <laughs> Sounds like you <laughs> need to see the doctor. <laughs> uh, but that's the thing about being a firefighter is like, you know, when I first got the job, it's like, cool, we're going to be fighting fire, which you do. It depends where you go. Um, but you do a lot more EMS, like medical calls, because we assist um, EMS uh, a lot. And um, so you get to see a lot of stuff. You um, get to see just kind of, I would say, like the depravity of the world, or at least like, you know, in our context where we live, because there's a lot of people, in, you know, difficult spots in life where they yeah. put themselves in or, you know, doing, th- you know, it's just, you get to see a lot doing that kind of job. But the thing that I've always kind of looked to is, you know, Christ is my hope in all things. So whenever I have gone on a difficult call, um, and this is something we've talked about um, in the fire, uh, firefighting world is like, you know, what do we turn to when we see those difficult calls and we go on um, and, you know, just see things that normal people wouldn't. And people obviously turn to drinking or whatever. Um, and the thing that I've always, you know, been able to ha- find hope in. And as I said, and, and the thing that I tried to relay to other firefighters and new firefighters was like, man, like, you know, our hope is in Christ because he is stable. He's the one who gives us purpose in this life and he helps us overcome you know, some of these difficult things that we can go through. But, yeah, um, firefighting, EMS, that was good. I learned a lot. I saw a lot. Um, kept you in shape. Kept me in shape. You, Yeah. I mean, there's guys that are, are not in as good of shape that do the job. I don't know how. Um, pulling around that hose and wearing all that bunker gear and just everything that you wear, like it's close to 100 pounds worth mm. of equipment. That's crazy. While pulling a hose that's fully charged. Um you have to stay, at least for me, I had to stay in shape. Otherwise, I would have just... You've told me out. about a couple of the workouts that you've done with oh, the firefighters. Gosh. Can you just give an example so that people listening can just get an understanding of how crazy yeah. it is? So, you're required, well, on the books, required to work out every day. That doesn't mean that everyone works out every day. But, and it depends on who you're with. I've been with guys that like like more weightlifting stuff, which I enjoy doing. I just enjoy more weightlifting. And then there's guys that do the CrossFit stuff. And, man, we did... I, I can't think of anything off the top of my head, but just to give you kind of a rough thought of what we would do, like um, there are times where we're flipping tires so far. There's one time where one of the guys is like, hey, let's lunge um, uh, like an entire lap around a, a, a track or something. So Gosh. we lunge that entire track. <laughs> and then, you know, we're, you're doing things where like, like one time we, we started off a workout where we ran, I think we ran a mile and a half. And then we ended up doing, I think it was like 100 jumping jacks, like 200 uh, sit-ups, 300 push-ups, and then 400, like, up-downs. It was something like that. Oh, my goodness. And then we had to finish with another mile and a half. That was one of the crazy <laughs> workouts we did. And I um, I had the worst time. But, uh, you know. <laughs> Can't imagine anybody really enjoyed that. Maybe. <laughs> some some guys do. They just I, – I don't enjoy – um, that CrossFit or, sure. you know, that, those, that, I mean, that's not technically it's not fun when you can't breathe, like yeah. working out, it's not fun if you're constantly like yeah. seeking air, but it's really <laughs> helpful for, for, uh, you know, in that profession yeah, to where you can, um, become really, uh, you can, you're in good shape to when we go into a house fire, you're able to work and conserve air. Cause again, you're working from yeah. an SCBA. So all that all that 100 pounds of stuff you wear, that could be your armor in the apocalypse, you know? I like... Instead of a true. T-shirt and shorts. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh, that's heavy, though. <laughs> like, I mean, I've done... I, okay, I'll, I'll tell you one thing. When, when, when I was I was a firefighter in Macon Bib, and then I came here to Warner Robins, and there was one time we got... Um, basically, a guy in our class got us in trouble so much that we had to run, I think it was like nine or ten laps around a track with full bunker gear. Ooh. 
And that was, I mean, I had so many blisters. Like, I, that was pretty miserable. That is crazy. Yeah. So, I don't know if a bunk, like, bunker gear, yeah, that could work, but you're not moving fast. Right. <laughs> In apocalypse. That is, that's crazy. Well, not only were you a firefighter and an EMT, but at one point, at least, you were Sean's small group leader. Yep. Um, I think that's kind of cool that we're oh, all yeah. in the studio together. Yeah, right. Uh, why don't you two speak on that, that relationship you guys had? I mean, Daniel, you were the mentor. Sean, you were the person being mentored, but I'm right. sure both of you guys have um, things that you would love yeah. to talk about. I'm curious uh, on Sean's perspective. Sean, I want to know your perspective yeah. first. Man, I've said I've said multiple times that uh, Daniel is like one of the most formative people in my life, which just speaks to the the power of being plugged into a small group and really finding someone to disciple you, because um, that's that's really what Daniel did. I mean, it, it was definitely a relationship on Sundays and you know collide, which was you know we were I was in high school at that point, so Daniel was definitely my collide leader, but we did so much like outside of collide. So <laughs> I'll tell the story. I remember so at this point I couldn't drive. It was I guess sophomore year. And Daniel lived like, I don't know, probably 15 minutes away from me. And so, I was a sandpiper right. at that time. So he would come and p- he would drive all the way to my house and pick me up, drive all the way back to his apartment. So where we worked out, drive me all the way yeah. home and then come back to his house. So like, that's cool. Yeah. We just had so much time where I really got to see firsthand. What does it look like for someone to truly live for Christ? And really, uh, you know, Daniel I mean, really, really lives out his faith. And it was someone I wanted to be like, which was really something I needed in high school, you know, was to be that close to somebody like that. So it just speaks to the power of finding someone to, you know, really pour into you and show you. I mean, and we would have like Bible studies at cookout. Man, good so, <laughs> Bible studies. So like all of our. Uh, but started at uh, Subway, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Subway with, and Sonic. With Zach Usserick. That's yes. what I was telling you about at the gym the other day, Micah. But. Uh, started out at Subway. That's so, right. Yeah. We would, uh, we had, we would have Bible study and um, I just learned so much uh, from Daniel. Like, like I said, from seeing his life, but also going through the word with them and stuff. So yeah, it was really formative years in my life for sure. That means a lot, dude. That really does. I appreciate that. Um, I mean, so yeah, I've, I've loved, uh, I, I like being intentional when it comes to, um, working in ministry. I mean, one of the biggest things that I've always, um, taken away, you know, reading scripture is just the whole Matthew twenty eight nineteen making disciples of all nations. And the thing I've always taken away from that is like, man, it, he doesn't tell us to like evangelize just evangelize, like, no, make disciples. And that's intentionality. That's getting with people. That's um, getting in their context, understanding what's going on in their life. How can I relate to this person? Not not that you're changing anything about the gospel, but like, how can I relate to this person so then I can bring the gospel to them in a way that they would understand? I say that because, you know, as, as a missionary, when I was in Taiwan, I had to learn that culture. I had to learn that context. I had to learn that language. Uh, well, I didn't finish learning the language. But, um, you know, <laughs> I had to learn... How do I bring the gospel to these people? And it was the same when I came back and worked with Sean and um, in the small group. It's like, man, I don't want to. I don't want to just come here on Sunday nights, and you know, just go through some questions, um, play dodgeball, um, mostly peg some kids with a dodgeball. <laughs> no, I want to. The perks of being a leader. <laughs> uh, no, I was like, I want to be intentional and really see these kids um, grow in the Lord. And one of the biggest things that I wanted to do is like, man, I want to help them understand how to read the Bible. Like when we would get together, like, I know you remember this, Sean, like, you know, for small groups, like we didn't do devotionals and I'm not nothing against devotionals by any sense. Um, but it's like, Hey, let's, let's go through a book of the Bible. Right. Let's break it down. Let's ask you like, like sometimes I would ask questions, but I got to the point where more I would want them, like 
I would leave it open for them to ask questions. And of course there'd be the awkward silence sometimes. And Sean would usually break the silence and ask a question. <laughs> and then, but then it would like, you know, get everyone else to ask a question. But the thing that was nice about that is it wasn't me just completely leading them in these, in these questions and like trying to get them. Like I wanted them to, we read through the passage now they're trying to break it down. You know, if someone said something that was incorrect, like, well, let's let's think about it this way. You know, Paul is writing to the these people this time, and this is what's going on, and he said this, and this is what happened right behind. Like, you know, you're exegeting the passage, which is just you're, you're breaking it down, and you're understanding what's going on as a whole. You're not just isolating a text. Um, and that's what I wanted to do, because I want these guys to be able to understand what discipleship looks like. So then it was encouraging seeing that Sean and some of the other guys are in a small group, you know, they're beginning to disciple others. And that's, that's really how it happens. Like, you know, you can't just evangelize and say, Hey, now go be a Christian, you know, do your, do your best. Cause I mean, when you first become a Christian, you don't know how to read the scriptures properly, properly. You don't know how to truly disciple someone, you know, and that's right. where bad exegesis, again, like bad interpretation of scripture, this stuff can come from. Cause sometimes there's people that just don't know how to read it properly. And, um, and that's what I wanted to do with these guys. And now it's encouraging seeing them do the same. And then as, you know, Sean disciples say his students, then those students are going to know, they're going to know how to read the scriptures. They're going to know what it means to be intentional in reaching people for the gospel. And then they're going to be able to do that themselves. And it just, it spreads, it continues. And, um, that was taught to me. Um, and that's what I wanted to be able to do for them. That's good. It's important to be a disciple, um, but also to be a disciple maker so that Absolutely. the trend can continue. You right. discipled into Sean, um, and then in doing so, you created another disciple maker where Sean disciples now to his eighth graders, right? Yeah. yeah. And then hopefully one day those eighth graders can do the same for another generation. Yep. Right. There was an ev- so cool. Yeah, there was an event I was at one time. It was an FCA event, and it said you need your Paul and you need your Timothy. As mm-hmm. to say, you need your per- – like because if you don't know, Paul poured into Timothy mm-hmm. – um, kind of like what, you know, what, what Daniel did to me. So it's like, you need somebody that's pouring into you. You need your Paul, you know, quote unquote, and then you need your Timothy. So you need, uh, uh, you know, say you're the quote unquote Paul, you need somebody you're pouring into as well. Um, yeah. And it's, it's hard to do one without the other. You know, if you're trying to pour into people and nobody's pouring into you or discipling you, then you're going to run out, you run out of fuel, so to speak. But if, if somebody is just pouring into you and you're not doing anything with it, then I'm, you know, I don't know how much you've grown either. That's really good. Mm-hmm. That's really that's good. good. That's awesome. I remember well, Daniel, you telling me that in the past yeah. about the Paul and Timothy. Yeah, that's a really good illustration. I really like that. Um, well, Daniel, we know because we've been friends with you um, for a long time that you've actually had the desire to be in ministry, specifically student ministry, correct? Uh, yes. For a very long time, right? So what did that look like in the waiting? What does that look like now? Yeah. Um, what does that look like in the future? Yeah, that's a really good question. So basically, um, at 17 years old, I did, um, it's, it's weird. It's almost like I felt or heard an audible voice, but, um, you know, I felt the Lord calling me to ministry and is like, is like the Lord said, I'm calling you to speak for me. And, um, again, I come from a generation of pastors and I was like, God, I don't, I don't want to do this. Like, I want to serve you, but I don't want to do this. Like, cause I was very selfish. I was like, I want to do this for myself and, um, achieve these things in life. Um, and it brought me to a, a dark place in my life cause I, I began to run away, but you know, to bring it back, I had some godly men pour into me, disciple me, and um, and call me out on my sin, which was very good. It was, it was hard, but it was, it was needed. But um, basically, the things that I've just been learning um, throughout all these years is just, if I had to summarize it, it would be being faithful 
um, where you're at. Because there's a lot of times, whether it's at the fire department or EMS, um, you know, I was very disgruntled. And I was like, God, I don't want to do, like, I never wanted to be a firefighter, like, for the rest of my life. It's just a stepping stone. Like, why is this door not open for me? Um, and the Lord really humbled me in those instances where it's like, Daniel, you being faithful where you're at, like you want to do this. It's a high calling. Like that's, and that's another thing I've really been, um, thinking about the past couple of years, you know, um, Paul writes to Timothy and, and Titus, um, about like the qualifications of an overseer. And it's like, God, do I live up to these qualifications? Am I honoring you, but also am I being faithful where you have me? Like you have me at the fire department right now. You have me working in EMS, just transporting people. Am I making the most of these opportunities? Or you have me as a small group leader out at Pleasant Hill right now. Am I being faithful in, in reaching these students for the gospel? And um, so it's just been a real humbling process, you know, throughout the years. Um, just learning, like, what does ministry look like? And am I being faithful where I'm at? Because, I mean, everything is a ministry as a Christian. Mm-hmm. You know, every Christian is a theologian. We're, we're seeking to learn more about Christ and that everything is a ministry. Like, for me, I'm a, I'm a husband. Um to a beautiful wife and two beautiful kids. Like that is my shout out. Kayla, Aurora, Asher, the goats, the (laughs) best, but that's my first ministry. Like before, before my students at church, which doesn't like mean that I don't care about my students by any sense, but it means that, Hey, I need to. And that's, and it's completely biblical because, you know, it talks about like, if you can't lead your family, how can you lead those around you? So, you know, it's like, everything's a ministry, my family, my church, my job, you know, whatever it may be. We're trying to make disciples and proclaim the gospel. So I would just say for, you know, anyone that's thinking about doing ministry or for one, just knowing like, is this truly what God is calling me to? Because not everyone is called to be a pastor, an overseer in a church because um, because that's a high calling and they're held to a higher accountability. Um, But just the biggest thing, if you don't know what God is calling you to do, be faithful where you're at. Make disciples, proclaim the gospel, love people. Love God first and love people. I mean, because if we're not being faithful in the small things, how can God trust us in the bigger things? Right. I think that's a really good point because um, a lot of, I think, you know, a common thought, I'm sure we've all had it at some point or the other, is like, if I really want to be effective for God, I need to work at a church or I need to be a pastor or I need to work in student ministry or whatever. But one, one I guess you would say a downside, and I mean, don't get me wrong, I love working at the church and stuff, but one uh, limitation, I guess, that comes with it is that you're not around a lot of people besides church staff day in and day out. So uh, for me, like, you know, I go to Mercer. And so that's, that's a huge mission field for me because here at the church, I mean, I would assume most people are living for Christ and are saved, but at Mercer, most people are not. So, you know, for any students listening to this, um, God may be calling you into ministry, but like Daniel said, be faithful because right now you're, you know, you're likely at a school full of people that you may never talk to after middle or high school, but you know, those are all souls that will spend eternity somewhere. So be faithful in sharing Christ with them. So good. That's good. And I was talking to Josh the other week about calling. And I was like, you know, Josh, I love ministry, but I, I don't know if I've felt the calling yet. Like, what does the calling feel like? What does the calling look like? How do I know if I've been called? And Josh was like, well, even if you don't know that you've been called specifically to this church, or you don't know if you've been called specifically to being a pastor or whatever it may be, he's like, Ultimately, we all have one calling that is the general calling of you need to spread the gospel. You need to make disciples. You need to tell people about Jesus. It doesn't matter if you're called to to be a pastor. It doesn't matter if you're called to be a doctor. It doesn't matter if you're called to be something else. Ultimately, your calling, generally speaking, 
from God is to spread the gospel, to tell others about Jesus. And I was like, that's so good. Yes. Because why, why I'm here so worried about what, what does God have for me? What, what do I need to be doing? Uh, or, or, or questioning God, hey, God, I can't serve you until I know what it is you have for me. No, he's, he's already told me what he's got for me. Yep. I, I may not know occupationally yet what, what he specifically designed for me, but I do know that ultimately I have this calling to, to be in ministry wherever I'm at. I think that's so good. Yeah. I think, Sean, you even touched on it. Even if you're at school and you're a student, that's your mission field, right. whether you realize it or not. Yep. You don't have to be over in another country to be a missionary. You can be a missionary right there in your school or right there at your job or wherever you may be. Right. I mean, because the most, like us three or anybody working at church, the most we probably will talk to those kids if they don't go to Southside is what, like an FCA. Right. You know, 30 minutes. Whereas, you know, you students have classes and gym periods and, you know, maybe clubs or, or teams that you're on with them. So that's, I mean, like I talked about with Daniel, they can see day in and day out what it looks like yes. for somebody to really live for Christ. Oh, absolutely. You know, uh, I'll say this real quick. Uh, recently, uh, my second to last day in the fire department, we, you know, we were testing hose and testing the truck um, on the hose and just all this kind of stuff. And, um, you know, we were at, we ended up being out at the training center for like eight hours. And um, there was a new firefighter out there. He's only been on the fire department for three months. Um, I had never talked to him. And he and I just got to talking, you know, as we're testing and stuff. We had moments to be able to talk and um, come to find out, like, you know, he's not a, he's not a Christian. He's, he's an atheist. Well, he's not an atheist. He's more agnostic. And he's like, man, I, I you know we somehow got in that discussion and I started kind of telling him like, why do I believe that for one, that there is something out there through creation and two, why I believe it is Jesus Christ. And, you know, I just, we had a really good conversation. Um, and he, and he told me some at the very end, he's like, man, one thing that I've noticed, he's like, cause I don't want to, my wife's family's Catholic. I don't want to be a Catholic. Um, and I really want to investigate this Christian stuff. And he's like, one thing I've noticed is many of the Christians that I've met here in the fire department are just, they're loving, they're compassionate, they're, they're um, you know, they're passionate about what they do and passionate about God. And he's like, and I'm, I'm really, really curious about that. So just like, you know, in our own lives, we need to be faithful where we're at, where the Lord has called us, and really exemplify that love in our life. Because, you know, the scripture talks about the world will know, yeah. you know, who we are by our brotherly affection, our love for one another. They're going to see Christ through our love, through our compassion, as we genuinely reach out to people, as we love them, as we invest in them. And not just, you know, I'm not just talking to them because, oh, I just, I have to share the gospel with them. You know, it's like, no, I genuinely want to know this person. I want to know what's going on in their life, like, because I care about them. And through that, man, there's opportunities to share the gospel. So just, you know, being genuine and truly loving people as Christ loved us, people will see yeah, and I think it's a misconception that when we tell you to go spread the gospel in your schools, that that means, hey, the very first thing that you say to somebody yeah. new is, hey, here's Jesus, and here's who he is, and here's everything about him. No, that's not that's not what we're asking you to do. Yeah. We're asking you to live for Jesus, yes. to be a representation for Jesus, and to ultimately build relationships with these people so that those conversations can happen. Right. 100%. And that doesn't mean you know everything about theology. Either. Right. You know, like. Because, like you said, Daniel, the verse doesn't say they'll know you by your theology knowledge, or yeah. you know what I'm saying. Like you, you, you can be known by your love. If you just came to Christ, you can love others. If you've been walking with Christ for 20 years, you can love others because you have the Spirit of God. Mm -hmm. And it may be tough, it may be uncomfortable, but 
I mean, that's what we're called to, and that's how the world will, you know, like, like Daniel said, that's what will oh, distinguish yeah. us from everybody else. Oh, yeah, and Micah, you brought up a really good point on that, where it's like, like you said, we don't just go to people and thumping the Bible over their head, like, you don't believe you're going to hell, blah, blah, blah. Right. You know, it's like, no, we're, we're like, for instance, when I worked on the ambulance, a friend of mine, um, he was of a different faith, a different belief, um, and it wasn't biblical, wasn't Christian. Um, and, you know, I was like, you know what? I want to get to know this guy first because uh, we worked together one shift. And I was like, I want to get to know this guy. So we started hanging out more and we worked together a lot more to the point where after several months of us working together, you know, I was like, hey, man, like, would you be okay if I asked you some questions about what you truly believe in and what Christianity and the differences and stuff? And it just, you know, it ended up being a really good conversation. But it took time for me to invest in this person to show them that I genuinely cared about them in their life and the things that's going on. So, yeah, Micah, you, that was a great point. Yeah, and I think it's so true. Like, I mean, 90% of the conversations that I hear when students say that they got to introduce the gospel to somebody or they had a spiritual conversation, it's usually not, hey, I went up and said, hey, you need to know who Jesus is, and it went from there. It's, it's more of, hey, this person noticed something different about me. They noticed that I live different, I speak different, I didn't talk like them, I didn't act like them, and so they asked me, Hey, what is this? Like, why are you acting different than everybody? Yeah. And that's where those conversations come from because they're living differently. Yeah. That's and so crucial. That's so good. That's just as Christians, we need to learn to abide in Christ where we are genuinely seeking him every single day and saying, Lord, who do you want me? I mean, obviously there's no, should I talk to someone today or should I talk to someone or invest in someone? It's like, no, you've already called me. Like you said, yeah. general call. We've all been called to make disciples. Lord, who do you want me to talk to? Who do you want me to invest in? And as we're abiding in Christ, living by his spirit, seeing what he's calling us to do, man, we're going to have those opportunities come up, and we, and we should be ready for them. But like I said, it just it looks different because there's been times I've went to someone and it started, it's our, the conversation, it, it started theologically. And, it, you know, it, it's like, yeah. but then there's times I just, I, like my friend, like I just invested him and we start talking about video games and stuff and we become really good friends. And then I just out of nowhere, like, hey man, like, you know, you say you, you believe this. Do you mind if I ask you some questions about it? And it, it went in. So it just, it depends on. Sure. And they're going to be more receptive to it if you already have that relationship yes. and they already know, okay, Daniel's my friend first. We're, we're close. We, yeah. We've bonded. Um, I, I can listen to what he says, but if he's like, hey, I just met Daniel. I have no idea who he yeah. is. I, I feel like he's just shoving Jesus in my face. Mm-hmm. It's going to be two different responses. Yep. It's good. Well, Daniel. Thank you for joining us on the show today. Um, so glad that you're on the team. Yeah. So excited to see what you do at Pleasant Hill. So excited to see what you bring to the table. Because I know just as a leader, you've brought so much already, just as a small group leader. Um, anything that you'd like to say? Anything you'd like to close with? Um, yeah, just that uh, I'm so excited to be able to step into this position. I The biggest thing is I just want to be faithful to Christ in this ministry and reaching these students for the gospel. And, um, and that's going to, you know, take a lot of prayer and a lot of reliance on the Lord, but you know, I'm up for the task and I've got a lot to learn and, but that's the mentality I want to have is like, what can I learn today? What can I learn today to be a better leader, to be a better teacher? Um, but I'm, I'm so, I mean, it's been a long time coming and the Lord finally, the Lord opened the door and it was the perfect time too. I mean, I just, I was in a good mindset. I was being faithful where I was at and the Lord opened this door. So that's good. I mean. I'm sure it was a lot of waiting, a lot of, hey, God, are you ever going to let me do this? Um, But it's cool to see when it happens and how it happens at a perfect time and how God's orchestrated the whole thing. 
Um, but we'll be praying for you. We're excited to see you do big things because we know that's what you're going to do. Um, anybody you want to shout out before we close this thing? Um, uh, I will uh, shout out to Sean uh, because <laughs> I, he just left the room. But shout out to Sean because me and Sean always kind of joked in the past about like, man, that'd be so cool if we could work in ministry together. And, you know, Sean actually messaged me last week. He's like, hey, man, you remember how we always said that? Like, <laughs> now we're actually working in ministry together. So, yeah, I'll say shout out to Sean. And shout That's out awesome. to my wife for being, uh, you know, patient with me, with school. Yeah. Um, and now I'm doing my master's program. But just just her patience with me, um, with everything, and her, and not only that, but her faithfulness um, to Christ, to where she also loves to serve. Um, so those are two two big people. To Shout out Aurora and Asher. Yeah, and my kids, the two coolest know. kids in town, man. <laughs> they're they're gonna be amazing when they grow up. Yeah. They already are amazing. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for joining us, Daniel. Yeah. Um, it was a pleasure, man. Thanks for having me. See you guys next week. Mm-hmm.